All right, Brett. Uh, thank you for taking out time to talk to me uh, today. We have Brett on Mailman Podcast. We are going to talk about um, how his life has been, what he, what what is um, his journey has been, uh, why he does uh, what he do, and uh, what is and how does he manage his time. And definitely, we'll just also talk about some mistakes that he have made uh, all along the way uh, in time management. So, Brett, in sixty seconds, in sixty seconds, could you explain to our audience uh, what do you do? We'll definitely go into details in the second half of the interview, but what do you do in very simple terms uh, right now? Yeah, I am uh, first of all a father of three and a CEO of an SEO company for small business, and also I am uh, launching a, a startup that's considered a knowledge network. And so, balancing all of those things is basically what I try to do every day. <laughs> oh, great, great. uh what do you mean about knowledge network i mean yeah. i i i have heard this this term but i'm not sure if everybody has heard about this term so if you could just explain a little bit yeah so the knowledge network is called turkle and basically panelists can go in answer questions and get published and so by sharing your knowledge it's one of the best ways to promote your small business uh it was born out of the fact that our seo company and marketers was turning turning away about 9 out of 10 leads and basically they didn't meet a certain criteria for us to develop a positive return on investment for them so we were basically just turning them away and so we created this knowledge network as a place or an outlet where small businesses could still participate still get value and still build up the authority of their website so that eventually they could uh they could be a, a good uh client for us oh great so if i understand it correct you have a company called marketers under the same company you have built out this product so that uh, the 9 out of 10 people that you had to turn them turn turn away you do not have to turn them away and you can just directly redirect them to turkle is that right yeah exactly like one of the pillars for for marketers is just to be helpful like there's so many marketing agencies out in the world today there's there's more mm-hmm. marketing agencies than coffee shops within a mile radius of where I'm sitting right now and it's very confusing for small businesses who are l- looking to build momentum and get started and mm-hmm. yeah if we could be helpful to people then that's great like then we're a leg up from most of the agencies who are out there Okay great so i want to understand a little bit about when you say small businesses do you mean small online businesses or any business so we work with a ton of different small businesses everything from a a pipeline pigging company in new jersey uh to an executive search firm here in phoenix to basically any company that's under 20 employees that may or may not have one entry level marketing person in house so we're not talking like ppp financing small business where you have mm-hmm. under 500 employees we're like very small businesses uh mm-hmm. where most of our clients are paying between 1500 to 5000 a month for seo services so uh oh, that's great. that's pretty much our sweet spot oh great great um, beautiful so you have mentioned you're a father of 3 you have one company now you are building another product why do you do whatever you do i mean what keeps you driven yeah maybe i got to share a quick story about why i even launched a company because that might lend to the why uh, so i started marketers as a freelancer and basically had a had a bunch of clients and was doing that and was having a really good time like you know i was traveling uh, traveling around the world a little bit and you know doing some marketing and it was great and then i got our website to rank on the first page for the term digital marketing company so if you google that anywhere in the us you all of a sudden found marketers.com and when you called the phone it was just me hanging out in my daughter's bedroom just like this and, mm-hmm. and and so people would say hey tell me about your company 
And I'd be like, well, it's just me. So uh, that inspired me to actually start a company. And, you know, now we've got about 15 employees here in Scottsdale. Uh, the thing that that has recurred time and time again for the last decade has been this notion that help is very hard to find in digital marketing. Uh, small business owners have this aspiration or dream that's connected with their with their business. And it's very hard for those people, for entrepreneurs to realize their dream without having the proper help. And so I've had this same conversation probably a thousand times with small business owners to say like, they come at me with a sense of distrust about SEO mm -hmm. and about digital marketing mm -hmm. because they may have been burned before or they're hearing conflicting things from multiple people. And they're just in this confused, confused state that they're like, hey, I know I need it, but I have no idea what to do. Um, and so the, the thing that propels me with, with marketers and motivates me is to you know, help small businesses make a big impact and to, to create something that's a little larger than me being a freelancer and like mm -hmm. you know, make a difference in many people's lives because small business is really the backbone of, uh, of the American economy and you know, worldwide economy. Well, so yeah. if we can help, help that, uh, that space out with getting more clarity on how they can realize their dream, then I don't think that there's anything better than that. Absolutely. So help me understand one thing. When you started out, you said people started reach, reach, reaching out to you, assuming you were a company providing services. How did they find you? Uh, maybe I missed this point. How did they find you? They just Google about something and then your marketers came up or something else? Happened. Yeah, exactly. They Googled digital marketing company and then okay. marketers would appear on the first page. And so they figured that, hey, like this company is appearing on the first page. They probably know SEO very well. Uh, let's call them. And then they would call them. It was just me. Oh, great. And which year was this? This was in 2016. Okay. So now I'm curious, how are you able to come organically onto the top of the first page of Google when somebody searched for something very generic, like digital marketing agencies? Yeah. What is it? You put, okay. you put it in a lot of work. <laughs> so okay. uh, the way that, the way that you, uh, I mean, the way that I did it was how you approach any SEO campaign, which is into three different areas. So you break it down with content, which is targeting keywords that increases mm -hmm. inbound traffic. You have digital PR, which is increasing backlinks so that your content outranks competitors. And then you have technical SEO to make sure that you can, uh, search engines can index and discover the content that's on your site. And so mm -hmm. when you think about this pyramid of digital marketing company, which is a hyper competitive you know, keyword to target, you basically mm -hmm. have to build this pyramid up to say, okay, why is this website trusted as a digital marketing company. And so you have to develop this content foundation to say, okay, we're talking about uh, you know, some complex, for example, what's coming up, Core Web Vitals with, with Google. They have a blog post about Core Web Vitals and they have a blog post about banned Instagram hashtags and they have a post about uh, email marketing tips. And so mm -hmm. collectively you, you develop this library that gives search engines confidence that when someone Googles digital marketing company, there's enough to support and justify that this website can be trusted. And so uh, when you look at that journey, it's like, okay, that's one part of it. And then promoting that other part with backlinks and making sure that it, everything is technically optimized. When all of that stuff comes together, then you achieve some sort of SEO success. Oh, so this was an accident. So basically you have put in work to get some freelance work, but then people assumed it was a company. So you eventually made it into a company. Okay. So I, for some reason, I assumed that it was just an accident that somehow happened. No, no it, was a, it was a conscious effort. Okay. Now I'm curious, your company marketer is not spelled correctly. Like it looks like a typo for our audience. The spelling is M-A-R-K-I-T-O-R-S. What is like, is there any story behind the name or is it just you wanted a different spelling for a similar sounding name? 
Yeah, so two things. Uh, when I graduated from uh, from college, I majored in accounting. And my first okay. job out of school was I was a financial auditor. So I was auditing, mm-hmm. you know, balance sheets and, and financial statements and things of that nature. Okay. Long story short, I transitioned over to marketing and decided to say, hey, why don't I combine marketing and auditors and so to one uh to one company name and so i thought that that was a really good representation of the differentiation that i was bringing to the market and then on top of that the domain name was available so i got the (laughs) com and and uh got to work yep yep i i totally i can relate to you when the domain name is available so you forget everything and anything you just buy it and then that 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 becomes your dream yeah the other thing that I like about the the, uh, the name is the the fact that the misspellings are I/O, and uh-huh. you know as you know input output is the the standard yep. uh, I/O acronym, and you think about SEO and where it's going, it's so technology driven and so data driven that yep. the input output really positions the differentiation that we're looking to seek uh, seek right now. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, just another good meaning of the name. So, Brett, with three kids one full-time business and new product coming up. What does your day look like? When do you start? What do you do throughout the day? When do you end? How much do you yeah. sleep? If you can you just walk the, us through your uh, a typical day. The pandemic has taught me, taught me a lot about time management, especially working from home where, where I've been for the last year. Uh, mm-hmm. We shut down our office, you know, like last May, and we are uh, pretty much going to be a remote company moving forward. And so in terms of learnings over the last year for time management, the first thing that I've learned with three kids is that it's impossible to do work uh, in the morning okay. <laughs> until they until they actually get off to school. I do not open open a computer. Otherwise, I'm set, setting myself up for frustration. I'm also setting the kids up for sleep de- deprivation. And so basically the first part of my day before um, from like 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., is getting the kids out the door so that I can focus on work instead of having this balance. So I think that that's lesson number one is just having full dedication of all energy and focus onto one thing. And for me, that's my kids as soon as, you know, uh, as soon as we wake up. So that's part one. Um, and then basically the two other productivity uh, things that I have is just utilizing a project management tool. And for, for me, that's Asana. Uh, so Asana helps me kind of plan out and prioritize different tasks, uh, based on the today feature, the upcoming uh, tasks, and then the stuff that's later. So that helps out a lot. Um, using Google calendar is another great way to just block out time to make sure that you get the things done that you need to get done. Um, and limiting, limiting distractions in that regard. And then I'll, I'll give you a shout out too, because your tool mailman has been, uh, been awesome from a, from a limiting distraction standpoint. So the way that I structure and use mailman is I have three deliveries throughout the day. I've got the morning delivery, I think around like 7am, uh, the afternoon 1231 so that I can essentially have lunch and then come back. And then there's some, some, uh, messages to address. And then, then I have one at 4.30, that's the end of day delivery, that's mm-hmm. like, here's what I need, need to address before I log off. So Mailman has been awesome from a, from a distraction standpoint, because I don't know if you have seen or heard the Social Dilemma uh, documentary with uh, basically just talking about how yep. a lot of people are addicted to certain technologies. And yep. I found it funny that uh, Tristan Harris, who I actually went to uh, high school with, uh, he was in my graduating class, he mentioned that he wasn't addicted to social stuff, he was addicted to email. 
And, you know, for me, okay. when I thought, when I thought about that, I was like, okay, you know, I could actually sympathize with that because I, I'm never on social media. I haven't been on social networks for probably, you know, two, three years. And, but the thing that is the, uh, the digital addiction can very well be email. And so yeah. mailman's really helped me to limit those distractions to become more productive. And, um, you have just you you have touched a very important point and i i think i am also guilty of this for years i just thought this is what email is and email doesn't feel like pleasure i mean it feels work so even if you are addicted you can justify it in your head that hey i am working so it was very difficult for me to get off uh, email and but now these days i spend uh, less than 30 minutes in my inbox um, uh, I've, I use like mailman and then some other techniques. Uh, uh, we can we can talk about them. Uh, but I want to understand first. Once your kids go to school, what happens then? Uh, then you start working in the marketers. Um, uh, how do you manage your team? Um, do you do a lot of meetings, a lot of calls? Uh, what what really happens throughout the day? Yeah, the specifics. So the the thing that has changed a little bit in 2021 was making making a key hire uh, at market and having a VP of operations to come in and manage the day-to-day -day operations. Because okay. if you're running an agency, there's a lot of little fires and little items that get, get put up that need to be addressed uh, throughout the day. And having mm -hmm. someone responsible for that can help free up an entrepreneur um, and a CEO to address things that you know, grow the business instead of uh, are within the business. So I think that that's the, the first thing. And if you're looking Sorry. for specifics, I probably sit down at my computer around 8.30, I'll pop open email. I'll see if there's anything that needs to be addressed. We have a team meeting um, every day at 8.45 where everyone comes in. We share our win. We share our one priority for the day. And then we kind of go our separate ways and make sure that we hold each other accountable to accomplish that thing. Um, I also use Calendly that because okay. um, a lot of my role right now is on business growth. So acquiring new clients, acquiring new partners, things of that nature. And so Calendly kind of like helps dictate those days. So if I block off time on Google Calendar to get the tasks that I need to get done, which is usually like two hour allotments, where if I need to write a, an article for a partner or something like that, or do an interview like this, you block mm -hmm. off little two hour segments to say, hey, people from people who are utilizing a Calendly link won't be able to actually schedule time during these, uh, during these focused, dedicated, deep work moments. I'll usually have like a two hour uh, block uh, in the morning to focus on that one priority to get that done and get that, get that through the day. And then pretty much the rest of the day is, uh, is meetings. It's like sales meetings, it's uh, uh, partner meetings, it's things of that nature that are self-scheduled through Calendly that will also kind of filter out when that, that Calendly link comes through. I'll look at the inquiry and if it doesn't seem like a great use of time, then I'll just challenge them with a couple of questions to see if it's really necessary. Um, okay. And that's really helpful to, to make sure that every, every meeting really counts. Fantastic, fantastic. So Brett, uh, you mentioned now you have a team of 15 people and you made a very key hire into last year, 2020, uh, VP of operations. What does the work style look like right now? Do you still dabble into the creative work or do you spend most of time just managing these people now? Um, I'm more focused on, I guess, partnerships and directions of where we're going to grow. So, and then exploring that. So that's a pretty fun place to be for someone like me, who's very 
disruptive. Like mm-hmm. that I was not a good day-to-day people operations manager because mm-hmm. what I really wanted to do is explore and change things and test things and break things and build them back up. And that chaotic nature is not great for employees who would like to have some stability in their day-to-day op- operations. And I totally uh, sympathize with that. So now I kind of get to be more of a disruptor and break things and challenge things and test things and kind of see, you know, in those those time blocks where the day takes me uh, based off that curiosity. So oftentimes I'll, I'll wake up or go to bed with an idea and want to work on that. And okay. that's a lot of what the day is, is exploring those those different avenues. Fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, I, I totally understand you are in a position where you can um, be creative enough and explore new ideas. But in the last five years, have you ever felt burned out or were you always yeah. productive? No, I mean, it's just burnout central, um, you know, but the thing that you talk to any entrepreneur, they would totally be lying if they're in a utopia where they're not getting burnt out with, with, because it's a challenge. Like, you know, it's a, it's very, the analogy is very much pushing that boulder up a hill and to get that boulder moving, it takes a lot of effort and a lot of focus. And that's the hardest push, which is why so many different businesses fail within their first year and within their first three years and their first five. So um, once you can get some help to push that boulder up and you get some momentum, you kind of take a break for a minute. You're like, okay, like I can let, other people push the boulder and I could look beyond the boulder and be like, Oh, there's a pothole coming up. We should probably like move it a little bit. <laughs> you know, So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, from a burnout perspective, that's, that's very real. And I think that that's why it's important to keep some sort of purpose and motivation behind, uh, behind it so that you've got some fuel in the tank. Absolutely. Uh, how did you come out of, of the burnout burnout? Did um, you do something uh, different? No, it's uh, you know, you kind of, have to work through it and you have to kind of remind yourself of why you're doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I like to do is I don't know if you see this bike here, but I, I like to it. like to hop on the road bike and take a, take a one or two hour, you know, bike ride to clear, clear some thoughts and the epiphanies that are able to uh, come to me as a result of getting away from a computer and getting mm-hmm. outdoors and, and like exercising is critical. So like from a burnout perspective, if you're feeling that burn burnout, like your work is also going to feel that. So it's important to refresh and recharge. Uh, for me, that's biking, it's yoga, it's uh, it's taking time to play with the kids, which burns me out even more. <laughs> but sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's uh, it's a good good break. Got it. So um, going out, riding your bike is a couple of ways how you stay productive. Are there any other pra- practices that you do? So for example, if in a day when you're not feeling very productive, but there is something that you need to accomplish. Do you have a routine? Do you have something that uh, somehow pushes you into that productive zone for at least a couple of hours so that you can get this thing done? Or you just try to just slow through the day and get this thing done? Do you have any yeah. such practices? Yeah, I think that you just do it first. Like you do the most important thing first and you schedule some time out to make sure that it gets done. So the, there's, a, there's a really good productivity um, matrix i think it's the eisenhower matrix i don't know if you have you heard the eisenhower matrix i have not i have not i'll be happy to hear about it i'm gonna i'm I'm not gonna do it justice but basically it's like the um the matrix is urgent and important so it's like 
the urgent and important quadrant. And that's the stuff that you've got to do and like focus on that first couple hours in the day when you're fresh, you've got the energy, you, you cross off all the urgent and important things. And then you have the urgent, not important that could kind of wait a little bit. Um, and generally speaking, if you've got a good team around you, the urgent, but not important things generally solve themselves. So you're able to kind of delegate some of those different things. Uh Then you have the not urgent, but important things that you could kind of like gradually work on. Um, because, because it's not urgent, but it's important. So you need to carve out some time. Sometimes you usually for me later in the day so that I can make some progress on that. Uh, but it's not like something that needs to be due by, you know, 12 o'clock. So right. you have some of those, so some of those different things. And then the bottom quadrant is not important and not urgent, That's which right. for those ones, you just throw out, you're like, okay, like this, <laughs> this came to me, and I'm just going to ignore this, which, you know, some people might have hostile feelings about you if you do that too often. But, you know, uh, it's, you got to do what you got to do from a, from a focus perspective. Absolutely. So I'm assuming this is how you find. So this is how you uh, uh, choose uh, where you do you where do you spend your time on by by cl- by classifying everything into urgent and important categories. Is it? I'd be lying if I said that I was super dedicated to that. But I think okay. subconsciously we all kind of go through that, and uh-huh. you could you could see that in your own inbox. Like if you look at your own inbox, you could kind of see what's not urgent and not important, and those are the things that just like don't get read. And then you have the, you know, um, where you make, where I, I think that I make, make a mistake and where probably a lot of people make a mistake is, is uh, misinterpreting or uh, misclassifying what is urgent and what is important. And so if you have those two filters as each email comes in or each, you know, ping comes in on, on a, on a phone or whatever, you can, you can better prioritize things if you're doing it on a conscious basis. Fantastic, because um, that was about that. That was going to be my follow-up question because I tried this technique to classify things into urgent and important, and I failed miserably uh, because I classified almost everything as uh, either urgent or important, and uh, it was very difficult for me to identify what is urgent and important and what is not urgent and important. Uh, have Have you learned your lesson, or have you made any such mistakes, or what other mistakes have you made before uh, with the time management, or a time with, that you remember where you have wasted a lot of your time? It could be anything, but uh, finally you have realized, and then you fixed it. Any such stories? Yeah, I, I could just talk about you know this past week of just having stuff. I think the biggest thing that helps me understand whether stuff is urgent and important um, is whether it gets done. And so in okay. the sauna like if you assign a due date to a task and you want to, and you actually think about it and you're like, Hey, I'm really going to get this done by February 8th. And today is okay. the third. So I've got five days and then uh-huh. February 8th comes and it's not done. And February 12th comes and it's not done. And February 20th comes and it's not done. Then you, you misclassified it. That's a really good red flag to say, this is so overdue that maybe I was wrong in saying that this is urgent or important. And maybe this should be delegated. And so, you know, an example of that is just a couple things like from a, you know, internal education standpoint for employees Mm -hmm. or better defining an org chart on a piece of paper. Like these are things that I'm, are important, right? Uh, It's maybe not as urgent. And Mm -hmm. so in that scenario, am I actually the best person to do this? 
And if not, then I need to bring in some outside help who can actually say, this is how to create an org chart, or this is how to create employee education. So I think that's one um, thing that I've done as of late is just look to more experts from the outside. And also just like when you're in a financial position to actually pay those people, uh, that's, that's one thing that I've heard some entrepreneurs say that I started practicing myself is to overpay for people uh, Mm -hmm. because they're worth it. And like to get uncomfortable with some of the financial um, payments that you're making to either consultants or employees. And when you do that, I've found that you are able to grow your business. <laughs> like, uh, and that's, and that, that's, uh, that's a tough thing to do. Absolutely. I really liked it. How, even if you can miss, if, even if you misclassify something as urgent, you can actually see it in the hindsight by, um, uh, by, by the overflowing due dates, and then you can reclassify it as just important, but not urgent and then delegate it to somebody. I really liked it because to me personally, when I put due date to something and I misclassified it, I actually do not go back and think about it, uh, about the misclassification. I just keep getting anxious and anxious and anxious until I get to it. So I think this is a very good tip that I can also personally use. I never heard about it. Um, that actually you can go back and correct your classification. If yeah. you just see, uh, great. Uh, and I, f- I feel the same way. And when I get anxious too, like when the inbox starts getting full or the, when the sauna due dates get overdue, like, I think that's just natural. And I think that that's actually, you know, a, a elegant design of, of Asana and email inboxes is to feel that anxiousness, which inspires you to do something. And for entrepreneurs and like executives, most of the time that solution is to delegate because you're not the person. Absolutely. Absolutely. What has to happen in the day that you can call that day a productive day? I think that the thing that I do that I've gotten in the practice of doing is before shutting down the computer and uh-huh. and going to the long commute to walk outside the store and get tackled by kids <laughs> is uh, is to write down the win, the thing that I'm most proud of for the day. And oftentimes I'll write that down on a post-it. Um, and then I've you know kind of coached and structured our organization to celebrate those wins and to share those wins the next day so that it continues the right productivity in terms of focusing on these tasks that are going to be wins. And so it's a big, and it actually takes some good practice because how often do you work or how often do I work and we just jam through the day and then we shut down and go on to the next thing. It's like, you got to take like five minutes to just be like, wow, I'm actually really proud of that thing. So if, if you uh, have a bunch of post-its and write the word win next to it and leave, leave it blank and then fill in the blank at the end of the day or throughout the day, uh, that's a really good way to just like make sure that you're doing the right things. Oh, wow. This is brilliant. Uh, this is absolutely brilliant. So uh, if I understand correctly, you plan a little bit uh, each day, uh, the day before, and then when the day starts, you have two, three post-its with just win and empty slots that you have to fill in throughout the day. And if those slots are done, then you call your day a productive day. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so this is one question that I, that I ask all of my guests. And uh, with this question, we actually close the interview and then we can talk about anything if you want to talk about. If you magically somehow found one extra hour in your day, what would you do? Yeah, I think the thing I'm probably neglecting the most is made. I mean, here's the thing is, is uh, work life balance is something that people always talk about. 
And so uh, as I, as you asked that question, I literally look at my coffee mug here and it's like, oh. you know, the, the ultimate dad uh, wow. coffee mug here. So, <laughs> you know, I, I think I'd be remiss to say if I had an hour, like I I'd probably have to spend it with that guy and you know, those two and my yeah. wife. So yeah, I would just probably do some more fun stuff uh, with those guys. And selfishly, I would say I want to just read more. Like I've, I've got some, I got a whole library of books that I want to get to and want to read. And there's only so much time to do it. Um, you, you mentioned earlier, like how much do you sleep? I uh, started using like Apple's, you know, um, I think it's like the bedtime feature or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. in the clock to say, Hey, make sure that you get to bed by nine 45. So you can yeah. wake up at this time and like get your full rest. I think that's pretty important. So I wouldn't say, uh, I'd just say, you know, if an extra hour, I'd probably just rock with fam. Oh, great, great. Um, thank you so much, Brett, for taking out time to speak with me. Um, we'll uh, uh, repurpose this entire conversation in two forms, podcast and blog, and we'll distribute it out. If somebody wants to get in touch with you or marketers or whatever you think is the best uh, best uh, uh, place to speak with you or anybody of, um, from your team, how, how, how somebody can get in touch with you? Yeah. So the thing I would say is Google the term digital, digital marketing company, look for marketers on one of the, if the first page or second, click on it, go to our contact forum. You can schedule uh, 15 minutes with us to have an initial consultation. So that's probably the best way from a, a marketer's perspective. And then from uh, for anyone that's like an entrepreneur who's looking to, to boost up the, the online authority for their business. I would encourage mm -hmm. you to go to turkel.io and turkel is T-E-R-K-E-L.io and log in and start sharing your expertise because if you share your expertise, then you're going to get quoted in certain publications and start to develop some referral traffic and some, uh, some good authority for your business. So I think those are the two ways. So beautiful. I mean, the first way that you have described, it feels to me that I just want to give you a salute because everyone just um, give the, give the, give out their website or social media handles. But you said, just go out and Google us and we'll be there on the first page. There's, yeah. there's, there's, there's no better pitch. There's no better pitch than a digital for, for a digital marketing agency than this. Yeah. Well, we're, uh, we're working on it because it's not only that term, it's a lot more that people are searching and it's a, it's a really exciting time to, be in a digital space, like the pandemic has really shifted uh, behaviors in such profound ways that we're really optimistic about what's what's coming up. So appreciate you having me on today. Thank you so much, Brett. If there's anything that you want to say, please feel free. Uh, otherwise, we'll just wrap up this uh, recording. No, just sign up for Mailman, use it. I, I love it. <laughs> Shameless plug. You don't, you don't have to bring that out of me. It's cha changed uh, changed my life for the better. So appreciate you. Uh, creating it and everyone should sign up for it hey, thank you so much Brett. thank you so much um, if i am not already following you on twitter uh, i'll try to follow you on twitter if you are on twitter yeah i'm on there i, I mean at brett farmelo so I, okay. I i i'm not there much and it, honestly if you follow me you're just going to get like some shameless articles that i've written okay. <laughs> and plugged out there so that's fine. That's fine. Uh, it's it's. I loved having this conversation. So I think it will be just great to uh, uh, stay in touch uh, on a regular basis through some other medium, which is Twitter. Cool. Sounds great, thank, man. Thank you Appreciate so much, it. Brett.